As we wade through the aftermath of a divisive, drawn-out presidential election, the COVID-19 pandemic rages on, and for millions of us, so does everyday life, at least some version of it. Schools have been back in session, and when you ask a sixth grader what this year's been like, she'll sum it up in one word. Stressful. Starting junior high is hard enough in a normal year, but the COVID-19 pandemic has made this school year especially chaotic. And as Katie Eisler said, stressful for students. It sucks and it's hard. For their parents. Let's just say it was a roller coaster of a day. And for their teachers too. I've always been pretty confident in, in teaching, not this year. Depending on the school district, students have the option to learn virtually, in person, or a hybrid of the two. But for many parents, none of these are good options. According to a national poll, 38% of parents still feel their child is learning less this year than he or she normally would. And it's not ideal for teachers either. Many of them have to teach both in person and online. And for many, that means 12-hour days or longer, with no end to all of this in sight. I'm not 100% here as a teacher. I'm not 100% at home. I just don't feel successful anywhere in my life right now, you know? In this episode, we talk to a parent, her daughters, and their teacher to get a glimpse of what school is like during a pandemic, the health concerns, the challenges of teaching and learning online, and not knowing what's coming next. From the PBS NewsHour, this is America Interrupted. I'm Amna Nawaz. Hi, Rachel. How's your day going so far? Well, a a little chaotic. Um, Chaos is understandable in Rachel Eisler's household. She's the mother of 11-year-old twins, Jamie and Katie. They live in Fowlerville, Michigan, which is a small town of fewer than 3,000 people. So I have to ask you, I have two girls who are two years apart, and Uh that felt like a lot. They're seven and and four, almost five now. What What is raising twins like? Um, you know, it's, it's chaotic. It's busy. We didn't have too much um, family help just because of where they live and whatnot. The first year was just a blur. I would like to say it gets easier, but it doesn't. It just gets different. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, before where we may have been busy changing diapers and, you know, all of that. Now we're busy running them around from after school activities and um, their friends, you know, it's, it's always chaotic. It's a word Rachel uses a lot, chaotic. And thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic, the past few months have been even more tumultuous than usual. When the school year began, she and her husband Mark enrolled the girls in online learning, even though they had the option to go in person. Rachel has an autoimmune disease, so she's high risk for COVID-19. And keeping everyone at home seemed like the best decision. The first week was okay. It wasn't too difficult of work to be done. (laughs) But then as the week started going on, it became more difficult just because the kids weren't as motivated. The girls just were like, well, I can do this later. I don't have to do this right now. And so trying to get them focused on it, was was really difficult. I think at that age, they still need kind of like that structure of the classroom and kind of that independent work 
online is a real difficult concept for them to grasp. So academically, they were doing fine. It was really the motivation of sitting down and doing the work and then them always wanting to have a parent with them. And with both my husband and I working from home, that became a real stressor because, you know, I'm on conference calls, he's on conference calls, we have deadlines, we're trying to do our work, um, and then but trying to get them to work independently was something that was personally a struggle for our family. The frequent interruptions have been frustrating, but Rachel says she could have managed balancing working at home with the girls learning at home, but she became worried about something else, the twins' mental and emotional health. It was becoming too stressful. There was just too many fights, too many arguments. Um, There were just too many meltdowns. What does that mean when you say a meltdown? What does that look like? Crying, yelling, (laughs) you know, a lot of tears. Katie's able to verbalize her feelings. And so while there may have been tears, you know, we could at least have a discussion and verbalize. Jamie is my child that keeps it all inside. And so she's just like a teapot. It just boils and then she blows. And then after she blows, then she's able to calm down and we can kind of have a conversation. Rachel had a tough choice to make. Keep the girls at home or send them back to school in person. Their school, Fowlerville Junior High, gave her a limited window to decide. And as the deadline approached, Rachel recorded audio diaries for us as she wrestled with what to do. It's September 28th. Uh, Today, the homeschooling had its ups and its downs. Tonight's really one of those nights I wish my mom was still alive. You know, you just want to talk to somebody to make sure that what you're trying to process makes sense. You just second-guess yourself all the time. I don't know. I was thinking as I was going into the evening, we just have to put them back in to face-to-face. And then while dinner was cooking, I sat down and watched the news and heard all the latest reports and the trends and was like, there's no way I can put them back into school. It is Wednesday, September 30th. All in all, today went okay. Jamie was great. She, you know, was a champ. The only thing that was really rough with her today is she did have a little meltdown about not and her sister really didn't fight too much considering how nasty the weather is. It is Thursday, October 1st. Um, I had high hopes for today and let's just say it was a roller coaster of a day. I was trying to get the girls busy and Jameson just had a meltdown. There was no way she was going to do her work. And Mark and I said right then and there, all right, then we're we're moving everybody to face to face. We just have to do what's right for not only their mental health, but our mental health. Rachel and her husband put the girls back in school, and so far, the girls say it's going well. Being back in school is awesome. It's awesome. Is that because of the teacher and seeing your friends? Yeah, and it's not stressful. Oh, that's interesting. You don't feel as stressed anymore now that you're back? Yeah. That's Jamie. 
She's a little shyer than her sister. She's really into sports and says she wants to be an engineer. Katie's more talkative. She loves art and creating things, and she says she wants to be an interior designer when she grows up. Were you guys excited about starting this year? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah? What were you excited about? Um, mainly just seeing our friends and getting more of a perspective to the learning. And what's different about going back to school? Do you guys wear masks and stuff? Yes, we wear masks all day except when we're eating. And what's that like to wear a mask? Does that feel weird? Yeah, personally, for me, it hurts a lot because my mask pulls on my ear, for one, and my glasses. I have to wear my glasses for school because things from far away are blurry. So my glasses hurt my ears, and with double the pain, it's hard. Yeah. Jamie, what about you? Do you mind wearing a mask all day? Uh, Like, obviously, I don't like it, but it's honestly not that bad for me. Mm-hmm. You guys get why you're wearing them, right? Yeah. yeah. The one thing that sucks is music because um, it's been getting cold, so we can't play outside anymore because we were um, the music band was playing outside, so we don't have to do things. But now since it's been getting cold, we've been having to play in the auditorium. So now all of our instruments, well, Secondly, um, my instrument, the flute, looks like a hazmat suit. And then most of the instruments that have keys need bags. And then, like, and then the brass instruments need covers for their, like, blowout thingy. And I can't play my flute because of that stupid bag. And we have to rip holes in the bag to put our notes and fingers on. What's the point of the bag then? It helps. It helps, but it sucks and it's hard. Is that your least favorite part, Katie, of being back in school? Yeah. As for their favorite part of being back in school, well, Jamie and Katie both say it's seeing their friends, but they do think about COVID and it worries them. I know you guys have talked about COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? What do you know about it? Um, It's a deadly disease. And a lot of people have gotten it, and a lot of people have it, and a lot of people have not survived from it, and Mm -hmm. it's scary. Yeah. Is it scary to you, the idea of it? Absolutely. I was scared if I got it from my mom and my dad, and I didn't know what I would do, and it's just a really scary matter. And their mom, Rachel, says she still thinks about the virus constantly, wondering if they made the right decision to send the girls back to school. I've always been worried about my health with COVID. Um, it's, It's always been in the back of my mind, and I still do worry about it. But I just, at some point, have to put my concerns about my health kind of on the back burner because I got to be more concerned about my kids' mental health and how this is impacting them because they're at such a vulnerable age. And 
that's just part of being a mom. You know, you put your kids first, so. But what is that like for you to have to weigh those two things against each other? It's heartbreaking. Um, and actually, I've, I've never told them this, but one of the reasons I wanted to keep them home was I didn't want them to get sick and bring it home and get me sick. And then if something were to happen, them feel like it was their fault. As a mother, I don't want to put that type of guilt on my children. I thought, well, if I can save them from ever feeling that guilt, I'm going to try to do what I can do to save them from feeling that guilt. It's hard. I mean, my mom passed away suddenly in February, and she called me, and I was in a meeting, and I couldn't pick up the phone. And she left a voicemail message, and I listened to it afterwards, and she wasn't feeling well. She didn't know she needed to go to the doctor. And I tried calling her right back, and there's no answer, and she had passed away. So I know what that guilt feels like, that you could have done something more for a parent. And so, sorry. <laughs> oh, Rachel, I'm so sorry. No, it's, it's um, we joke, my siblings and I joke, my mom always kind of had premonitions, or ESPN as she used to call it. And we joked that um, she, she she saw this COVID thing coming and was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm getting out while I can have the funeral I wanted before stuff gets too crazy. So peace out. See you guys later. But but you're carrying all of that as you're weighing decisions about what to do with your daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. You know, Having had them be born premature, I saw how fragile their lives are. And knowing that, yes, kids are doing okay with COVID or most kids are doing okay, we still don't know what the long-term effects are or what some of those secondary infections that could happen. And, you know, so flashback to seeing them when they were hooked up to monitors and CPAP machines and everything, it's, it would be heartbreaking for me to see my kid in the hospital at 11 years old, hooked back up to those machines. There's so much worry these days, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so much you, you don't know as a parent. How do you feel good about any decision you make right now? Right now, it's just weighing what is best for them and us in the moment. And um, before I even decided to put them back in, the one question I asked was, can I opt back out to virtual? And the answer was yes, you can do that next day. So that at least gives me a little peace of mind that if I see things worsening I can pull them back out same day but it's just it, it the worry just never goes away never goes away all of those weeks that Katie and Jamie were learning virtually or at home their teacher Sean Messner was the person on the other end of those zoom calls 
we have about 30 kids that um, were online at the start, getting that group of kids on a Zoom and trying to find them in their little picture. And, you know, we have them muted unless they're sharing something. You can't get to know them like you can face to face. Sean says trying to teach some kids in the classroom and others virtually means she can't connect with her students in the way that she's used to. You're teaching some kids online that you've never met in person. You know nothing about what's going on at home. Correct. And it's, I know this is sad to say, but again, this is where my my scattered brain is. I'll look at the name come through. I just can't connect like a face with a name. I'm thinking about the horror of Zoom calls with adults and trying to manage and unmute and who's talking and wait, we can't see you. You're talking about doing this with sixth graders. Right. They come with drinks in their hand and they're eating and they're tick-tacking. And um, <laughs> so just creating all these new rules for what's accepted during a Zoom call, you know? Despite the new challenges, Sean still lights up when she talks about her job. How long have you been teaching sixth grade? This is my 21st year. So you love it, it's fair to say. I do. And in all her years of teaching, she's never had a year like this before. She says she's drowning in work, trying to manage online with in-person learning and abide by the school's pandemic protocols to keep everyone as safe as possible. Walk me through what a typical day looks like. <laughs> there isn't a typical day. <laughs> there really isn't. I, what I try to describe to other people is we truly are doing two jobs. So if you had to describe what this school year has been like, in a word or a couple of words, what would you say? Impossible. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. You can't wrap your brain around what's happening. You know, I've always been pretty confident in, in teaching. Like, I love it. I feel that I've got a lot of energy for teaching. I feel like that's contagious, that love of learning for the kids. Not this year. Um, I feel that my my thoughts are scattered. I've got, there's so many different things going on that are unusual. Just even from the planning standpoint is, is having to post different assignments for our online kids and then managing for our face-to-face -face kids. And this school year, things seem to change every few weeks. Remember, families at Fowlerville Junior High were asked to choose at the start of the school year between in-person or online learning. The students who chose to be in the classroom were then split up by days. So half came in Mondays and Wednesdays, and the other half came in Tuesdays and Thursdays. But two weeks after the school year started, the district shifted to block scheduling. So now students come in every day, but only attend half their classes, and classes are twice as long. Got all that? Yeah, it's a lot for families to keep track of, too. And on top of everything, families who first chose the online option are still allowed to change their minds and put their kids back into school, like Rachel and her family did. It's very chaotic. It definitely disrupts, you know, what we've already had going as far as um, routine and procedures. And it's just new. Um, and the kids don't do well with change, you know. Um, and it's where do I put them in my classroom? I have a very small classroom. They're supposed to be six feet apart. They're barely a foot apart. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 
And then each time, you know, another student comes back to the class, I kind of shift my desks as much as I can forward and pull another desk into the mix. But there's no, there's no way I can social distance in my classroom. Sean isn't too worried about her own health. She's more worried, she says, that she's not giving her students or her own family the attention they need. I just don't feel that we're supporting our online learners like they should be supported, but we can't. We're teaching all day long to our face-to-face kids, and then our online learners are just getting, we post um, on Fridays, we post the next week's assignments, and then they're submitting their work through the computer. So the first few weeks, we couldn't even get a handle on the amount of emails that were coming in from our online learners, the parents at home, they were frustrated. We didn't know what was going on. We were trying to figure it out. I mean, we were literally steps ahead of what our kids were doing. So it was just a big mess. I'm never going to be ahead. I'm never going to catch up because I will spend my my lunches um, fielding emails from students online that can't get onto this site. And then after school, again, I'm, I'm fielding emails from those kids and then planning the next day. I told my daughter's teacher, and this is awful, but I emailed her and I said, I am sorry, I'm going to be um, up front with you. I can barely, and I know she understands, but I, I said, Right now, I haven't checked on my daughter at all. I haven't checked her assignments. I haven't helped out at all. Really, she's on her own. So I feel like I'm abandoning my daughter because I I don't have anything left. Do you really feel that way, that you're abandoning her? Her academics, for sure. I mean, I can't say that I've been home before 6.30 most nights. And so I come home. Um, My husband has been amazing. Um, Thankfully, right now, he travels for work, and he's been home since March and will be home until January. So thank goodness um, that he's able to be home with my daughter. Um, And he'll have dinner, usually ready. We have dinner, and then my daughter and I either go for a walk or we go for a bike ride. And then when I come home, I'm back on the computer. And, you know, for the next two, three hours before I pass out, um, I'm working on work. So I don't think she feels that way, but in my eyes, I do. I feel like I'm not 100% at home. I'm not 100%, you know, here as a teacher, um, as, as a wife on you know, Friday nights, I'm like, 8 o'clock, I am out. I got to tell you, just listening to you describe your day, it sounds exhausting. Yeah, I feel like I look in the mirror and I've aged, you know, 10 years in, in these few weeks. Can I ask you, you guys have evaluations coming up, is that right? Yes. How worried are you that you're meeting the expectations the school has set out? Oh, I'm not. I can tell you right now I'm not. Honestly, I have gotten to a point where it's like, I am doing the best that I can. It is what it is. I am okay with not getting a glowing review because I know I'm not. That's not where I am this year. And I think our administration knows that too. 
the teaching that I'm doing is not how I would teach the class. I wouldn't have them just sitting in their desk getting the information. You know, that's boring to me. Um, I don't think it engages the, the students, but I don't know how to do it without, um, you know, crossing the boundaries of social distancing and, you know, keeping the kids safe too. Can I ask, did you, before the pandemic, and I don't know the rules these days in schools, but did you used to hug your students? All the time. I am a very kind of lovey, touchy, feely kind of, I've just, that's, but even now I'll have my former students come and I'm like, oh, oh, I would hug you. You know, I forget. You forget that you're, you're not supposed to have that contact and that's not, that's not who I am. That's hard for me. Um, yeah, but I am definitely, I'm missing that. I'm, I'm missing, um, you know, the engagement in the classroom. I'm missing feeling like I, um, can change, you know, their perception of school and, just because I'm putting on, you know, my fake, oh, I'm happy to be here, you know, kind of thing. So I'm hoping that will change soon because it's, that weighs on you too because you know, you know you're different. They may not know, but I know. (laughs) You feel like you're faking it for them right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I just feel like I'm, it's like Groundhog's Day. You know, I... I wake up in the morning and it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to do this all over again. And it's that feeling of defeat that I just don't feel successful anywhere in my life right now, you know? So I haven't found a balance. I feel almost like I'm putting on a fake smile that they can't see behind my mask. Um, I'm just, I'm going through the motions, you know, almost zombie-like. I fear that we're not going to make it to the end of the year like this. What does that mean? Um, just the mental capacity, the the stress I have. I just feel like everyone is at max capacity right now. So things have to change. We just don't know. We don't know how. As COVID-19 cases spike across the country, it's not clear how long schools will stay open. Some have already returned to fully remote learning. And with the holiday season approaching, families will be gathering. And experts are warning that's likely to further spread the virus, making the return to in-person school even riskier for students and teachers. Back at the Eisler house, Rachel says that for now, she and the girls will do the only thing they can, take it one day at a time. I guess the one thing I want them to learn is to not get mired down and to persevere. You know, things are going to be rough in life. Things aren't always going to be rosy and easy but we still have to keep moving forward and we just have to try to do our best every day. It's okay to have a bad day. Tomorrow's always a new day. This episode was produced by Gretchen Frazee and Vika Aronson and edited by Erica R. Hendry and Emily Carpo. 
fact-checking by Maya Lene Bureau, music by Blue Dot Sessions. Our thanks to Travis Dobb, Vanessa Dennis, James Williams, and Maura Shannon. Our executive producer is Sarah Just. You can follow all of our coverage on air and on our website. That's pbs.org newshour. Thanks for listening.